0: I will call upon you to do a service for me play the Godfather now at chumbacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary Vgw group boy we prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry <gasps> oh a book club <gasps> computer solitaire huh <sighs> ah sorry we were looking for chumba Casino <laughs> That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overtly limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Armchair Credit Podcast. News Hello, welcome to another episode of. Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. In this episode, we will take a look at all the ongoing international cricket action as well as some of the important cricketing news from around the world. So let's straight away dive into the ongoing India Store of Australia. So we had previously looked at the first ODI and uh, since then we've had uh, the ODI series completed as well as two T20Is that have taken place. So, if you were to take a quick look at the games that were completed. So, the second ODA was pretty much similar to the first one being held in Sydney. Australia managed to put up a huge score and uh, having scored 389, they literally buried the Indian batting order under an avalanche of runs. So, again, uh, Steven Smith scored an identical 100 of just 62 balls, finishing with 104. Uh, there were solid top-order contributions from David Warner who made 83, Aaron Finch who made 60, Manas who made 70, and Glenn Maxwell, who finished with an amazing 63 of just 29 balls with a lot of reverse uh, hits. But in spite of, you know, chasing such a very large score, the Indian team tried to put up a brave effort. In fact, even had a chance of mounting a chase. But uh, with no real, you know, top uh, order heavy contributions. This meant India still totaled 338 for nine at the end of their 50 overs. So, Virat Kohli top scored with 89 and with his dismissal, uh, it could be said that the game was more or less done. Dhawan had made 30, Mayank Agarwal 28, Shreya Sair 38, Rahul made 76, uh, Hardik Pandya 28 and Ravindra Jadeja 24. But you know, this meant Australia took the series 2-0. That didn't mean India wouldn't want to probably put one on the board. And that's exactly what happened in the next ODI. In the third ODI, which was held in Canberra, it was probably a different kind of a pitch. So, it was said the pitch was sort of looking flat, but it, it had more, let's say, even support for both batters and bowlers. You know, they put up 302 for 5 batting first. It looked like uh, probably a subpar total, but then it came to be that this was more than an adequate total. So, Dhawan had made 16. Shubman Gil, who took Mayank Karwal's place, made 33. Kohli again made 63. Shreyas Iyer made 19. But then, you know, India were looking in a bit of trouble about uh, 32nd over and Kohli was dismissed. 152 for 5 could have, you know, been 240 all out or something like this, but there was fantastic finishing from Hardik Pandya who made 92 of 76 and then Ravindra Jadeja who made 66 of 50 balls. So this meant, you know, chasing a very tough target. Aaron Finch, the skipper, again made 75. But then there were not a lot of top-order contributions. Marnas Lavushkarne was promoted to open since David Warner was out injured with a hamstring injury. Moises Henriques made 22, Cameron Green made 21, the debutant Alex Carey made 38, Glenn Maxwell 59 and Ashton Agar 28 But in spite of all these very good contributions, Australia were all out for 289 in the last over This meant, you know, India had one of their own uh, victory on this tour and it was 2-1 to Australia for the ODI leg Moving on, if you were to take a look at the T20 I leg Here, India have been very, very successful and uh, this basically means they are continuing their success also in the australian tour so in the first t20i which was again held at canberra india batting first made 161 for 7 thanks to rahul who was opening made 51 samson made 23 and ravindra jadeja finished with a very strong 44 you know this did look like a middling target but indian bowlers came back really well with a lot of new faces in the bowling lineup deepak chahar washington sundar Nadrajan. And Yashvinder Chahal was back in the 11. So, all of these bowled really well. Of course, we should not skip the fact that Yashvinder Chahal was a concussion substitute. The first of his kind for the Indian uh, team. Where Ravindra Jadeja got hit on the head while batting and uh, he was withdrawn. And Yosvendra Chahal was his substitute. It was not well received, it must be said, by the Australian contingent. But as far as the rules were concerned, I think the substitution was fine. And Yashvinder Chahal had a Know very, very big impact. He took 3 for 25, and along with Natrajan, who took 3 for 30, it meant that Australia were restricted. There were some good scores from Darcy Short, who made 34, Aaron Finch, who made 35 right at the top of the order, Moises Henriks made 30, but all of these were still not enough. Glenn Maxwell and Steven Smith uh, had a fallow score. Uh, That's very rare um, that both of them fail in the same game, but you know, that meant India took off with a 1-0 lead in the T20i series. Okay. In the second T20i, which was then again shifted to Sydney, this was again a high-scoring affair. Clearly, the Sydney ground is a very high-scoring ground as far as both these teams are concerned. And again, Australia faced a few setbacks. We know that Warner was out injured. It looks like Aaron Finch was also arrested due to an injury. We already know Pat Cummins' load is being managed, so he's not playing. So that meant Matthew Wade were recalled as a keeper as well as a skipper of this side. And he did good. So batting first, Australia totaled 194 for 5. So Matthew Wade made 58 of just 32 balls opening the innings. Steven Smith made 46 of 38. Glenn Maxwell 22. Henriks 26. And uh, Stoinis finished off strong with 16. But you know, this was a very, very challenging score, 194 for 5. But you know, the Indian batsmen came out all guns blazing themselves. Rahul made 30. Dhawan, 52. Kohli 40, so with these three laying a very very solid foundation, Sanju Samson helped along with 15, but then in the end again it was Hardik Pandya who made a wonderful 42 of just 22 balls with two sixes and three fours, and Shreyas Iyer who made 12 of just five balls. Uh, they took India home in the last over with two balls to spare. So this means India have won the three T20I match series 2-0. The last T20I will be played tomorrow. That will be the 8th of December. And following that, we will see that the Indian team will uh, take a few practice games before getting ready for the tests. Now, moving on, if you were to take a quick look at the West Indies ongoing tour of New Zealand. So we had, again, only witnessed the first T20i in the last episode. But in the second T20i, New Zealand batting first really buried West Indies again with a lot of rums. So they batted first and made 238 for 3 in their allotted 20 overs. This game was held in Mount Maunganui. And uh, Guttall made 34. Conway has really shown he belongs at the top level by scoring an unbeaten 65 of just 37 balls. But the real star of the show was Glenn Phillips, who made 108 of just 46 balls. uh, Well, 100 of 46 balls and then went on to make 108 in 51 balls. So with such a huge target staring them down, West Indies nonetheless did not buckle. Brandon King was out for a duck. But uh, Shumran Hetmeyer made 25. Carl Meyers made 20 and then P- Kyron Polar 28. But towards the end, there was some heavy hitting by Kipo Powell and Fabian Allen. But you know, this none of this really would have helped West Indies win and they totaled 166 for 9. So, again, New Zealand take the three T20A match series 2-0 because the third 20 i also scheduled to be held in Mount Maunganui, was washed out after just 2.1 hours. So, interestingly, for the first time, Mitchell Santner was leading the New Zealand side. Unfortunately, in his very first game, it was washed out. So but knowing uh, the way he has represented New Zealand, probably he'll get more opportunities going ahead in the future. Now we shift to the test match scene where the first test between West Indies and New Zealand began and also very rapidly came to a conclusion with New Zealand coming out as comfortable victors. So in this case, New Zealand batting first piled up a huge 519 for seven thanks to their skipper Kane Williamson's 251. Tom Latham who opened made a patient 86 and laid the foundation with Williamson and then Ross Taylor who scored 38 and in the end Jamieson the fast bowler who made 51 all supported Kane Williamson well but as can be clearly seen Kane Williamson almost made 50% of the runs and was the main linchpin as far as the scoring was concerned. There were a lot of extras and West Indians I think when they looked at the green pitch of uh, Hamilton got very very excited and I think they spread the ball around a little bit. Probably uh, not a lot of discipline to go around except only Holder and Alzari Joseph showing the little bit of, let's say, control that was required. But that meant, you know, Indies had to put up a big score. But that was not to be. Even though the opening pair batted out uh, the remainder of the second day, they really batted out 25 plus overs to just, you know, take the score to 49. Beginning of the third day, you know, it was very disastrous for Indies because they lost wickets at regular intervals, no real big scores just a couple of 20s here and there and they were all out for 138. So since they did not have to bowl a whole number of overs, the New Zealand skipper Williamson immediately enforced follow-on and most of his bowlers were really fresh it looks like because in spite of taking four wickets in the first innings, you know, Saudi came back hungry, took another in the second and Bolt took one as well and Neil Wagner took four in the second uh, to add to his two in the first. And let's say Jameson, the fast bowler, the really tall, strong fast bowler, is coming along apace as far as New Zealand uh, bowling stocks are concerned. You know that he's been taking the place ahead of somebody like Lockie Ferguson. So he's doing really well, it must be said. And he took two wickets in the first innings and again finished with two in the second. But in the second innings, West Indies, again, it looked like it would be a similar tale because they had slipped to 89 for six with the Jason Holder also being dismissed and no real score in the from West Indians. But Jermaine Blackwood was batting at uh, six decided right that he'll uh, take the game by the scruff of its neck and then he was well supported by alzari joseph so german blackwood made a 100 104 of just 141 balls and alzari joseph made 86 of 125 so they had a 150 plus run partnership and otherwise you could imagine probably West Indies would have lost the game by an innings and 300 runs but in this case they saved the blushes of their team this this pair and in spite of that you know West Indies lost by an innings and 134 runs so this means, you know, going into the second test, New Zealand uh, look comfortable and probably, you know, they are well selected to also beat West Indies in the second test. It remains to be seen if West Indies can mount some sort of a challenge, because as far as New Zealand are concerned, they would want to win all the test matches slated at home and give themselves a really good chance of qualifying for the finals of the World Test Championship to be held in England next year. Now, moving on to the other international tour currently in progress. Well, at least a truncated one, it looks like. England were touring South Africa. And in the second T20i, they beat South Africa comfortably because they first bowled and kept South Africa to 146 for six. And then they were able to chase it down very comfortably, scoring the all the runs required in the last over. So David Malan had a very good series. He scored 55. He in fact, top scored in, for the game by scoring this 55. And then, you know, in the third T20i, South Africa again, you know, batted first, but then they put up a really, really huge score. They put 191 for three on board. Thanks to Babuma who made 32, Pafli Plessy who made 52 and in the end, Henry van Reducer who finished very well to score 74 of just 32 balls. They set a very very stiff target for England and for much of the game looked like they were in control and would win this game. Jason Roy was dismissed for 16 but Josh Butler who made 67 and then David Milan who unluckily finished on 99 not out took England home comfortably. So at least there looked to be some sort of a run rate pressure but towards the last 4-5 to five overs, the hitting pair of both Butler and Milan opened up and that was the game as far as South Africa was concerned they would be a bit disappointed that they could not take a single game in this series and were blanked 3-0 and as it transpired that was to be the last game on the tour because with a couple of England players testing positive and some hotel staff that were uh, also testing positive this hotel was where the both teams had stayed and unfortunately all of this has led to the tour being uh, cancelled, at least it's been called off for now. We know that the ODIS would be very important because they are a part of the World Cup cycle. So it remains to be seen whether the remaining uh, ODIS will be slated again, maybe sometime next year and it will be probably even held in a neutral venue. these are all options. But unfortunately for now, the South African cricket board would be ruining this sudden turn of events because it's not been a good year for them so far, but they would have hoped that, you know, they finished the year with a bang, with England, England's tour and then of course with Sri Lanka, Australia and also Pakistan to follow. It looks like it might be a bit tough because considering that how this tour has gone on and suddenly this tour has been called off midway. This is the first of such a, you know tours to be called off unfortunately due to COVID. But we know that uh, there may be more such in the coming times. And uh, Cricket South Africa would be a bit wary considering what has happened that the other touring countries would not... Pull away or pull off from this touring uh, itinerary that's being already shared. It remains to be seen, and we'll keep you updated in the upcoming episodes as well. Now, if you were to take a quick look at the other COVID-related news, so Pakistan players who you know who had a, some positive tests on their uh, touring squad finally have uh, you know cleared all the tests. All the players have cleared it, and they are allowed to resume training as far as uh, you know their tour of New Zealand is concerned. Not a lot of time remaining. There's just 11 days before the first international game on the 18th. But at least they have 11 days where they can put their heads down and go all out to train and get used to the conditions. It looks like at least uh, the coach uh, Mizbah Haq is not very happy with what has transpired and also Wasim Khan, the chief executive of PCB has made his displeasure very clear. But in spite of all this, I think uh, the best of the situation can be made and Pakistan can really finish strong in this tour. In other uh, COVID related news, Mujibur Rahman, who arrived in Australia to take part in the BBL, after his wedding in Afghanistan, has unfortunately tested Covid-positive and has been told to self-isolate. So, it remains to be seen whether he'll be fit in time for the beginning of the BBL but uh, we really wish that uh, he recovers as soon as possible and can do his best in the BBL. Now, if you were to take a quick look at the women's BBL finals that was held in Sydney, uh, it had uh, one team that was sort of experienced and the other was playing for the first time. So Melbourne Stars playing for the first time, uh, buckled under the pressure, and they were uh, only able to tally eighty six for nine. This is mainly due to wonderful, wonderful spell of fast bowling uh, from Shabnam Ismail, the South African fast uh, bowler, as well as uh, Sammy Joe Johnson, the Australian uh, medium pacer. So these two really tied the Melbourne Stars batting uh, lineup in knots, and uh, they could not really get out of it. And you know, eighty six for nine in a final is not uh, the ideal score, and uh, Sydney Thunder, women chase, uh, chase this down very comfortably and uh, they are crowned the women's BBL champions for the second time so our congratulations to the Sydney Thunder women team Now, if you were to take a look at some of the other news from around the cricketing world we have a bunch of BCCI related news So first of all, the Indian domestic season has been announced and it will probably only consist of the Syed Mushtaq Trophy, the Ranji Trophy and the Vijay Hazare Trophies so it's mostly slated to take place between December 20th and March 18th and uh, most of the state associations have opted that Syed Mushtaq Ali trophy be included in this uh, let's say the limited amount of time available Ranji trophy will last the longest and there there have been six venues six venues with bio bubbles or biosecure bubbles chosen to hold all the games and the rest of it is about to be announced and we will keep you posted on how uh, the itinerary comes out and whether where these six venues are and so on and so forth. Now in the other BCCI related news, it's been announced that for all IPL fans, there may be some exciting news coming up. So the BCCI AGM that's supposed to take place on December 24th is considering approving two new teams for inclusion into the IPL. So it remains to be seen that out of this 23, uh, let's say items to be discussed, whether this is also one of the big ones and also there is the fate of Saro Gangulya and Jaisa and whether the BCCI AGM chooses to back them and you know, let them continue their posts or probably go by Supreme Court's edict and uh, ask them to step down. So there are a bunch of very important, uh, let's say decisions that BCCI will have to take in this upcoming AGM and let's see how it goes. In another news, Corey Anderson, the burly New Zealand all-rounder has confirmed that he has retired from international cricket for New Zealand and he has signed with MLC Major League Cricket T20 in the USA he's decided to join this and uh, considering that he was not really able to crack the New Zealand 11s in the last year or so I think this might be you know it, it must hurt a little to give up a chance to play international cricket he's uh, represented New Zealand in 93 international games he's of course still the holder of the fastest ODA century in men's cricket and of course he's also represented in, himself in IPL and other twenty leagues around the game it looks like The main, let's say, motive for him to do this is that his fiancée, Mary Margaret, who's from America, would probably appreciate it very much if he was to go and live uh, there along with her. So we wish Anderson all the best in his upcoming ventures. And I'm sure his, uh, let's say, his uh, begetting days in the international cricket will be missed. In the last of such news, it looks like Channel 7 and uh, Cricket Australia is still at loggerheads and Channel 7 has finally decided to take this to the next level and they have decided to take Cricket Australia to the courts. So it looks like Channel 7 are not happy with the discount that has been offered to them due to the you know, varied and slightly truncated cricket itinerary that uh, Australia would have in the summer. One thing that has come to our notice is that some of the discussions that were held behind closed doors have been revealed by Channel 7 as a part of their let's say litigation in the courts so it remains to be seen how this not so nice spectacle will be resolved in the upcoming days and weeks we'll keep you posted in the upcoming episodes as well those were all the cricketing news that we would like to discuss in this episode thanks once again for tuning in and we really hope to have your company in the upcoming episodes as well if you have something that you would like to share with us don't hesitate to get in touch with us on twitter at Pod, where we are live on most games or via mail armchair.fricket at gmail.com also you could leave a comment on our Facebook uh, channel or you could leave a comment on any of the podcasting apps that you use to listen to us do leave a good rating for us if you think we deserve it of course on any of the podcasting apps you might use Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts any of these and it would really give us a good boost thank you very much and have a good day bye bye The Armchair Podcast used on